0: Before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director, Pat Richter.
1: Welcome into the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I've had a better buying experience there. You can too. And Pat uh, we'll start today's show with a uh, pretty uh, terrible and shocking uh, viewing experience for Packer fans on Sunday. Uh, we'll start with like, what was your initial uh, reaction to to watching the Packers struggle in all facets of the game uh, against the Saints in Jacksonville?
2: Well, it kind of looked to me like it might have been a preseason game. I mean, at least from our perspective, anyway. And I think that uh, you know, obviously, very disappointing. It just you know, then things just didn't look new or fresh or seemed like the same old, same old type of situation. And then, you know, a couple of mistakes and things like that. And and I think that the kind of my initial reaction was, you know, that's what you get preseason games for. I mean, I, I just don't understand how you can get into a regular season without having any kind of up tempo uh, preseason practice and and game, and it's just not the same practice is not uh, you go from say eighty percent or so you also go to hundred percent and pushing things like that. obviously uh, they didn't have a lot of injuries that happened, but it's just you know, all of a sudden the call in your body to kick it up in another notch just doesn't happen overnight and uh, and I think that's what kind of got me going, and I think that certainly the the uh, protection just seemed to be a little bit lacking again. And uh, in the same old uh, kind of you know, script, it just didn't seem like it was anything new. We were kind of pounding the ball in there. It just seemed like they knew exactly what we were going to be doing, and uh, we just didn't have an answer for it. And then uh, you know, Winston seemed to have much more time, and the pass rush was virtually non-existent. I mean, I think that some of the things that they did positively with the the tackling, I think some statistics I we saw were they were actually one of the better tackling teams in uh, terms of the execution and things like this. But you know, when you make a couple of mistakes like that, they did in terms of you know, the right down in the crunch time, and then we uh, fumble the ball and not being able to score and things like this. You know, it just it just seemed like it was it was just lack of preparation, and that's certainly they put in the time and things like this. But it's just. It's hard to flip that switch and say, okay, now it's game time and we've got to put it on on board at 100%. And uh, it just didn't seem like it happened very much.
1: Yeah, and there was uh, a lot more we can kind of dig into more with this. A a, a very uh, brutal open. Now, we can't put this all on the scheme for Joe Barry, but when you fire Mike Patton, who at worst you could describe as a league average defensive coordinator with the Green Bay Packers, uh, when you let him go, uh, Jim Leonard was an open you know, first choice, second choice. It looked like Joe Barry was kind of further down the list. Uh, he didn't have a great track record of being a defensive coordinator in other places. And his first game as defensive coordinator for the Packers, uh, obviously a big thud. There's plenty of season left, more games, you know, basically a full normal season left uh, since they added the game this year. But still, uh, a very inauspicious debut.
2: Yeah, I think when you say, well, okay, 10-3, 15, 17-3, things like this, that's one thing. But 38-3, to 3, it just uh, was a complete blowout. And, uh, you know, it's just yeah, obviously towards the end of the game when uh, things may have changed and they put in some of their backups and things like this, I mean, it seemed like Jordan Love had a fairly decent day. And, uh, you know, I think when they said that they had their first touchdown or first conversion on third down was almost at the end of the game, it just really was uh, – really respective of the uh, the offense, it's just the defense didn't do much to hold it off as well and I think that we'd heard so much before about energy and, and, uh, and all that kind of business about it, Joe Barry brings really a bunch of energy you know, that certainly didn't reflect itself in the team and I don't know what the reason why is I mean, Zedaria Smith had a decent game, but he he hadn't been around much for practice with the back injury. And, you know, it just you know, whether it was a contract, whether it was a back injury, whatever or not, it's just a lot of questions that came around in terms of uh, the camaraderie in the team and the relationships and things like this. And, you know, it just seemed like it was just discombobulated. And I think that, uh, you know, when you replace a guy like Mike Patton, I think you – You've got to have good reason to do that, and I think that uh, obviously felt that uh, this was going to make big changes. You're right; they had a really great track record there in terms of uh, what Barry had accomplished, and uh, and that kind of showed up in terms of uh, the execution and the you know the players seem to be, can become somewhat surprised in that regard, kind of saying, "Well, kind of got to put it behind him. we Got to we had." It head towards the next game and things like this. And I think that this can be a very important game because, you know, I, I can't relate to see, well, how did anybody see, well, there's a 10- or 12-point spread uh, to Detroit. I mean, that's going to be a big number to to uh, overcome since we really didn't score much at all last week. You know, I think the passing game was, uh, was pretty well snuffed out, uh, a lot of short stuff. But that was the kind of thing that we did last year. It just seemed like there wasn't a lot of creativity in there, and that's what uh, they they capitalized on, and they just really took it to us. And I, you know, I don't know that anybody. There's some talk about maybe we came in with our chest puffed up too much and thinking. I'm not sure why that would be the case. There really wasn't that much uh, to be all puffed up about in, in New Orleans, other than Drew Drew Brees. A pretty good team. I mean, they played without Michael Thomas, and uh, their line was was dominating. It gave him plenty of uh, James Winston a lot of time to throw the ball, and I think you know that was kind of compounded by the fact that he had a lot to prove, and he went out and did it.
1: And you talk about James Winston. uh, We mentioned earlier, no sacks. There were some pressures, but pressures didn't lead to turnovers. So. Uh, Jameis, who is very turnover prone, I believe in his career he was only one short uh, in all-time career interceptions thrown from Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that number changed now with Aaron surprisingly throwing two. But Jameis, going into this game, not a lot, not a lot of pressure on him, not enough to really make him make mistakes. He's prone to mistakes, so that was surprising too that he he had a field day with no turnovers as well.
2: Yeah, it should have been a little bit more up tempo. I think probably. The blitzing, and that's probably something that uh, comes with experience and uh, preseason and things like this in terms of types of blitzes and something new and different. And I, that was the one thing that just didn't seem to show up. And you think, well, you know, every every defensive coordinator puts their, you know, stamp on what they do, and and there's something that distinguishes them from. The other guy, so to speak, you know, in different types of schemes and things like this. There was nothing in there that they didn't seem to adapt to very well and uh, and block accordingly and uh, did not put any pressure on. Him. I mean, he's a he's a big guy and he certainly uh, he hurt us with his legs as well. He ran for a number of things that uh, he just showed that he was he was prepared to do that. His, his decision making was uh, was very good in that respect, and he, his quarterback rating uh, reflected that
1: it did and uh, obviously you know Packer fans uh pretty frustrated with 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 the game here I want to get to the Packers offense in a minute but again you touched on the other thing that was a little bit surprising and I don't know maybe it was the heat in Jacksonville I don't know if it was the zero snaps in preseason for a, a lot of Packer players but they just looked really flat from the very beginning and the think that hasn't happened a lot under Matt LaFleur, but that was one of those games where the, the team just didn't look like they were as ready to play as the Saints were. And, look, the Saints have more to, to prove and bounce back from than the Packers did, and maybe this is just a one-off. That's what I would bet on, but still surprising.
2: Yeah, I mean, they had to go through some of the difficult things. I mean, they're they're centering out of Dallas, and it was a – visitors uh kind of a way game for them, but you know they've they've gone through some of the heat and humidity, but uh, you know we've actually had pretty good heat uh here i think given the fact that it was been like in madison and uh and so i don't know if that's a big a deal, certainly, the length of the drive uh, exacerbated that problem and made it a little bit more difficult. But that would be, be give you a little bit more incentive to let's get this thing over with here in terms of the drive and get back uh, where we belong on the bench and watching the offense uh, do their thing. And and there weren't any long sustained drives by the offense to give them a little bit of a break. But uh, certainly the you know, I think that the schemes that they had, you know, and I don't know if they anticipated some differences or whatever, or just figured that this is what Joe Barry does, uh, given some film and. And some other things that they could take a look at, but they had the answer. They the, their line held up. They, you know, you get guys like Ryan Ramczyk. He's one of the higher-paid linemen. Certainly, that was, uh, that was showing with the respect to the kind of a pass rush. We've never really had a terrific pass rush, but Zach Smith has been very good. But his back is probably still bothering him. I don't know. How, all of a sudden, you can just not practice, and then you know jump into a game and so that probably took a little bit of a you know a push on his in his respect to uh to get ready for the game but he uh you know it was just one of those things where they just had an answer for every time we tried to do something and I'm not, i don't know that much about the defense but uh you know, the schemes and the blitzes and things like this when you get time and you're a big guy like uh, winston they maybe got a little bit skittish in terms of uh Pass rushing and, and uh, doing some blitzing and things like this because of the way he runs and leaves it wide open. But that's uh, that's what you're supposed to do in terms of keeping him in the pocket and making sure they throw the ball. That was, as you mentioned before, that was where they put the pressure on him and that's how he faltered in the pass when he had to, didn't take care of the ball. And uh, you know it was ironic. It kind of we looked like the old Buccaneers of Jameis Winston didn't uh, push very hard and that's why they let him go and they went in with Brady and we looked the same as the old team there in terms of what we could do in terms of, you know, Aaron Rodgers giving a little bit of a break and things like this and I think that, you know, when you when you aren't, uh, you know, haven't played any preseasons or whatever and then the lack of being open and the receivers and, and the game situations kind of showed up. It just didn't seem like the crisp, the routes they seemed to be kind of close by and close to each other and uh, when that happens, uh, you know, poor decisions are made and, uh, and I think Aaron admitted that in terms of what happened to him in that um, interception, he got got hit in the lower extremities and uh, <laughs> it wasn't the same. And he threw the ball, and uh, I think it's just it's going to be very important this week in terms of what they do with Detroit, and uh, and see if they get back on track because everybody's talking their great game now. We'll see if they can put it into practice.
1: We'll talk a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers and the offense on the other side. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin the Man.
0: On Wisconsin Any team
1: that comes into Cam Randall's going to be a four quarter game You got to come with your a game
0: Your home for the best Badgers coverage Is 100.5 ESPN
1: Oak Park Place offers seniors And their loved ones peace of mind Find the right balance of care you need Centered around your lifestyle Move to a community with neighbors That become like family Enjoy the comforts of your apartment With an abundance of events just outside your door choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living memory care and short term rehabilitation Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Nakoma neighborhood Janesville and Baraboo visit oakparkplace.com to learn more Jim Rutledge with former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios Pat a lot of theories out there about the poor play from Aaron Rodgers. rust he should have played in the preseason the whole off-season drama. Uh, he doesn't want to be here. I mean, what? Uh, where kind of do you pinpoint why Aaron struggled so much?
2: Well, I still think there wasn't a great deal of support. I mean, the running game was not uh, what it had been. Some of the people say, well, it was Jones didn't hit the hole quite as quick as he used to do it uh, before, and some of that would say, well. That just goes to you know the lack of competition in terms of quickness and things like this, you might get in the preseason game i I think that. What it looked like to me is a little bit more like the the kind of support that, uh, the lack of support that he had back when he, before Bakhtiari and those guys in terms of the injuries and Balaga was hurt a lot and things like this, lack of time. I mean, I don't know that the receivers, at least in some of the replays and things like this, showed that anybody was missed or open or whatever. So I don't think that uh, a lot of that was opportunity, but I think it was just a question of. Of pressure and then uh, I think he described that he got hit low and when, when he made the bad pass, and there's now no excuse necessarily, but it happened and we've been so so uh so you know not used to having him not make mistakes like that and uh, and that one was something that was so far off that it just had to be something other than just a bad throw and so I think the pressure was much different and and I think the uh, the, the defense with uh Respect to some of the things that they didn't do, but I think from a standpoint of Aaron is concerned, I, I don't know that I put it 100 percent on the lack of preparation or lack of preseason games, things like this. I still think it, it was maybe a kind of reversion to maybe five, six years ago when we just really set it right here or many times. Just didn't seem like he had the support, and uh, and he's playing with two guys that are defensive or excuse me, the, that are young guys on the line, first year guys. And that's not going to happen in this league. And I think there was probably a lack of, uh, of uh, maybe understanding that the 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 Saints had as good a line as defensive line as I think as anybody around. And they were pressing hard, and they had a good pass rush. And I think they realized that they could stop the run, and put pressure on Aaron and make him come out of the pocket, get hit him a few times, and knock him down, and things like this. And I think that. It just seemed to me it was like the the old school stuff that we talked about probably five years ago, and and I don't know if it was that bad. I think you can't put it on the love life and all that kind of business, and I think that uh, he realizes that he has to have a good year in terms of uh, what he wants to do one way or the other. If he wants to stay or to go, I think he wants to show that he's not a year older and he can do the same sorts of things he did last year when he got an MVP year. So I, I think that the, the effort is there. I think it's just a, the, it was just it was kind of confusing, and it was just not a, a clean attack. And I think that those respects, come some of that comes in the preseason. I am just having understood what we went through in training camp when I was playing, and it's, you certainly can't make the same kind of comparisons all the time. But it's just hard for me to believe that all of a sudden one day you just say, okay. This is the first game of the season. Now we want to turn it up a notch and go to 85, 95%, maybe not 100% because it's tough tough to keep that, maintain that year round or for the whole season. But uh, they just didn't seem to have that uh, that imp and that excitement and enthusiasm. And a team that looked like it was hungry to win a championship.
1: And. And there, I don't know if this is the case, but there was some talk about how the Saints decided to cover the Packers in this game a little bit out of their normal defensive scheme, where they kind of went with that Rams style of, you know, what you're not going to go deep, no matter what, we're going to keep two high safeties, you're going to have to kind of nickel and dime us the whole way, and, and just not make mistakes if you're going to beat us. And look, the Packers defensive giving the Packers defense giving up so many points puts the Packers offense in a position that they're not used to, where they have to kind of play off schedule because they're trying to make up points. Usually the Packers offense scores some points. Packers defense beneficiary of that. The other team, the opposing team is the one that's trying to throw more than they want to and getting out of their offensive game plan and they get out of whack. That's what happened to the Packers partially in this game too. But the other thing to keep an eye on is um, now by no means is this a Packers stopping type of defense, but uh, because I I think Matt LaFleur has proven he can make adjustments, but I wonder if the league is starting to catch up a little bit to what the Packers are doing with Rodgers on the floor, and and now's the time for the floor who's showing he's capable to start making some adjustments.
2: Yeah, I think you know for all along we've talked about the ability that if you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you should be able to do a lot more creative things, and uh, and that was certainly not on display uh, in terms of last Sunday. And I think that you know with respect to what the this needs kind of were thinking you kind of i think Dave from out correctly that uh that they deferred and uh and say well we'll we'll take it a second half that's kind of a in your face type of a move anyway and uh and I think that they proved that they could do it and I think that's what they felt the confidence in. and I think that you know as much as they made adjustments like with the like say the rams defense things like this, and what they did to the pack then we should anticipate that. I mean, you kind of reverse-engineer your own uh, offense to say, well, okay, this is what we might expect out of them because this is how so-and-so played us and this is what how successful they were. And now we've got to re-engineer it to the point of saying, okay, what would we do to make ourselves more, more uh, capable of cutting, getting a, a good offense going? that's going to attack anything they might come up with. And I didn't see that. It just just seemed like it was the same offense against a revamped defense and a a team that was hungry to win and hungrier to win than we were and kind of said, well, we'll we'll put our defense out there against your offense because we know we're going to be able to stop you. Yeah,
1: and I I think this week will be a get-well game for the Packers. I I would definitely sound the panic alarm if they're not able to beat the Lions. Now, the Lions – Look, they put a lot of points up against the 49ers once they got going, so the defense might continue to struggle. But first things first, the offense gets back on track. The Packers uh, are going to look very similar to how they looked last year. Maybe they're not the number one seed. Maybe they're not a, a you know 13-14 win team. Maybe they're an 11-12 win team, but that's still going to get them division, still going to get them uh, a good position in the playoffs here. But if they lose to the Lions, then I, I really think there's probably a lot more to question losing to the Lions at home.
2: Yeah, I think that in respect to uh, the season, I think maybe they'll play better from a little bit behind or down in terms of maybe not being a favorite as such. But you know, I think already you see when you get a 10, 12 point spread that you're going to have to cover that right off the bat. And I think that uh, you know right now it just doesn't—you don't have a lot of confidence. The fact that uh, any team in the NFL that's got a good defense and a good pass rush can take on teams that are using younger, inexperienced players and uh, and make it tough on them. And I think that, uh, you know, we just have got to understand that we got to be a little bit different and re-engineer ourselves in terms of uh, taking a, a team that's going to maybe be much more effective than they might normally be because they're going to be... Taking what's been successful against us, and then we've got to say, okay, what's going to be working for us against a team that's been successful against? How how are we going to do that? And and I think that the, with the defense, it just seemed like there's always room in front of the receivers. There's nobody you know right in your back pocket in terms of the defensive back, in in terms of our opponents. And it seems like there's a little bit of room, which obviously is a, is a gives you the luxury of a quarterback being able to take his time and maybe go looking down two or three reads, looking downfield, maybe not going there, but coming back and knowing that somebody's going to be uh, be open because they're playing off of them. And so that, that I think that just you were looking for something more from the defense just because of the, the hoopla and getting a new coach and all that sort of thing, and I just don't think we saw that.
1: This is the Pat Richter Show. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll do Sounds of the Week coming up next. 100.5 ESPN, ESPN Up, and Wisconsin on the Man.
0: Varsity, the best of the Badgers on Wisconsin On Demand. Since 93, I've never taken a field against anyone not thinking we had a legitimate chance to win. Subscribe to the Varsity Podcast, brought to you by Metro Ford on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. If you need to protect
1: your home or business, there's only one call to make. That's the JK Security Solutions. At JK, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call two five 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 seven nine nine 799 or visit jksecurity.com. Jim Rutledge alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Time now for Sounds of the Week. <laughs>
0: are the sounds of the week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet and Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. All right, what do we got, Molly? All
3: right, so former Packers tight end Jermichael Finley uh, appeared on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning where he spoke about Aaron Rodgers and here's what he had to say.
0: This is the National Football League. Each offseason, you got worked like it was last season. And I just don't see a work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. The eyes
2: and the face tell everything as a personality and I just don't see it. That NFL
0: hunger is going to win another championship.
3: Okay so he went on to say that he's not a hater towards Aaron Rodgers but <laughs> he sounds pretty bitter to me. Um, what do you guys think about what he had to say?
2: Well, it seems like uh, this is kind of old news again. I think we had the business from last year, the year before, and, and uh, I think Michael just seems to get on the shows occasionally and maybe gets himself in a corner when they ask you certain kinds of questions because to, these are the things that make you know programs get, a, get ratings and things like this. I mean, I I think that uh, you know who, who's to know whether or not you can look in his eyes and see something come, come about. I think there's a lot of things that go into that. and uh, I don't know that I would just make that judgment uh, right off the bat with respect to this game or not. But uh, I think that you know, certainly in the past, Jermichael was kind of a cross-start uh, receiver as well. There were a lot of things, expectations that were given of him and, and I think that uh, he had issues working with those types of situations as well. And and I think that uh, you can maybe say it to both both uh, circumstances, but I think when you get a Keyshawn and those guys, uh, you're probably going to make something uh, newsworthy, which is what
0: he did. Yeah, and I
1: think he, he truly believes it. I don't think he's just making things up, but I think he's got a very specific view on who Aaron Rodgers is, and I think that skews a little different than what most of us believe Aaron Rodgers is, and so I think Jermichael is saying what, you know, in his experience what he thinks... Uh, Aaron is going to be, but like I don't think Aaron Rodgers checked out completely in the offseason. Maybe he had a little bit more of a relaxed offseason, but again, let's not write off the year uh, because Aaron Rodgers had a bad game.
2: Yeah, I think there was some things, certainly the, the body language in there when they took on the sidelines, and that's what they're intended to do is make sure that they get every clip they can in terms of rolling the eyes or whatever, and maybe some of that may be was doing thinking to himself, like shaking his head, like "What did I do that for?" or whatever. Or somebody was not in the right pattern. I mean, that's that's what you got to understand. Is there was a number of patterns there where people just didn't get open and, uh, and get a chance to uh, to throw to them just because they just didn't uh, move around and things like this. And I think that it's hard to gauge what uh, Aaron was thinking, but he certainly wasn't happy either with himself or with the way the play unfolded.
0: Next.
3: So, Ryan Braun announced that he's retiring, and here's how he announced that.
0: Hey, Brewer fans, Ryan Braun here.
1: This is an exciting time to be following the Brewers, and like you, I'm enjoying every minute of it. While we're taking it all in, I wanted to take a minute to share some news with you. On May 25th, 2007, I took the field for the first time in a Major League uniform. Today, more than 14 years later, I have decided to officially retire as an active player. While it's impossible to summarize my emotions right now, what I feel most is one simple thing, gratitude. And I just wanted to take the time to say thank you.
3: So I have two questions for you guys. What do you guys think of Braun's baseball career in Milwaukee? And are you surprised by the announcement?
2: I'm not surprised. I think most people thought to be uh, He had re- retired before now, but I think, it, as everybody knows now, that the to make this official in terms of uh, Major League Baseball and what the opportunities might come if somebody wanted to try to take a run at you and say, "Well, you want to play?" I think that certainly uh, the career standpoint is an outstanding career marred by the PED situation. I think there's there's some uh, reason to think that uh, you know some of that was it was blown up in terms of uh, proportion, but I think the fact that he told some mistruths initially, initially, and maybe before you get back to it, and denying and things like this, that didn't help his career any in terms of the way people perceived him. And even close people and close friends that uh, just didn't uh, uh, go along with that and didn't subscribe to that theory and uh, were uh, disappointed in the way he handled it. And, and I think the fact that there's always a question, he did some great things initially up to that point in time went after that that the uh, PED situation there's no doubt that the performance did slip some whether that's a coincidence whether it's uh, justified because of the PEDs who knows but uh, certainly he had an outstanding career in ma- Major League Baseball MVP and did some great things with the Brewers and holds most of the, uh, the statistical types things either one two or three with respect to the Brewer, the Brewer faithful and I think that uh certainly is well deserved and I think that he uh,
1: did it on his own terms let's put it that way yeah he he's an all time brewer uh, he should go in the brewer's ring of fame or you know, maybe even have his number retired those are all different things that open to the PED and the blaming of of someone else and kind of setting that person up to, to fail obviously he's always going to have that stink on him I'm guessing the PED you still uh, had enough of a, a layer with him that nobody else really wanted to bring him in, like yeah he'd probably still go out and hit 25 home runs but you could probably find anyone uh, to hit 25 home runs who doesn't have the baggage that Braun had, so he paid the price for it it cost him any opportunity at the Hall of Fame derailed an entire season and also derailed the opportunity for him to play anywhere probably outside of Milwaukee towards the end of his career because the risk versus reward or the, the bad PR versus reward probably wasn't worth it there for teams but he's still an all time great brewer who, you know, what was it kind of Icarus Try to get too close to the sun and, and try to do a little too much to be great and uh, ended up costing him a, you know, a full-on legacy that he might have earned.
3: So Matt LaFleur didn't seem to hold back in his press conference following Sunday's huge loss to the Saints, and here's what he had to say.
0: Gotta give the
1: Saints all the credit in the world. They came ready to play. Uh, absolutely embarrassed us today, and uh, you can't do that against a well-coached and quality football team. Our guys are going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror. It starts with myself. Obviously, didn't get these guys ready to play ball. And that's what happens when you you go out there
3: and play like that against a good football team. Do you guys think that the team feels motivated by LaFleur blatantly saying that they got embarrassed? Or is something like this detrimental to the locker room?
2: I don't know if you could put it in heavily. Motivation sounds like it's maybe something a little bit greater than I would characterize it. I think that they probably understand, and they probably look at somebody taking a little bit of heat off of their shoulders, so to speak. Well, yeah, we should have played the preseason games. We should have done this. We should have done that. It would be and they're making thinking that because that's all they've got right now. And whether or not that's true or not remains to be seen. And I think that that's the real question. I think as a coach, you can't say that too often, obviously, because, you know, it is your job. And how do you motivate them? Certainly the fact that they're making a heck of a lot of money should be a major motivation in and of itself. And I think the question is, you're not expected to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to get you mentally motivated in terms of really getting out there and getting after it. Do I have to do that to you? I don't think that most players believe that that's necessary and that there's a lot of different factors that go into that, whether or not they have the other preparation and there's some disappointment in the fact that we weren't ready to go. But I think that most, most players at this level understand that what the nature of the game is and if they don't put out, they'll be looking for another job if, in fact, they are able to be picked up. And I think in that respect, it's lot, some of that's on the players and certainly the coach is taking heat off them. And as a player, you can maybe feel good about that, but you better get yourself in gear and do it the better the next time.
1: I'm I'm happy the floor did it. I mean, call him out, give credit, take ownership of it. I mean, that's that's all you're looking for. And I think again, I think they'll be fine. I think it's good that he did that, though.
3: All right, last one for you guys. This was Aaron Rodgers' response, and he didn't necessarily agree with his coach.
2: I mean, I'll let him use those words, and I'll use uh, it's just one game. You know, we played bad. I played bad. Offensively, we didn't execute very well. Uh One game, we got 16 to go.
3: Yeah. Do you think Rodgers should show more reaction to the loss, or is his response okay?
2: Well, I think that you've got to understand this is a longer season than they've ever had now, 17 games, and I think that it is one game, but again, this is one of those kinds of things that... uh, really you're kind of putting them at a back burner in terms of saying okay let's see what happens the next time and the next time and it's not the kind of thing you can use often and uh, as an excuse and I think that uh, certainly there's a lot of factors go into it in terms of whether it's the weather whether it's the lack of uh, pre-season play and all the different types of things that don't uh, maybe uh, Appear to be on the horizon the next time, and so in that respect, people are looking for a little different response. And I, I think again, he's uh, feeling you got to put it behind you. it's one of those things you can't dwell on. And I think in that respect, he's correct. But uh, certainly does, like I say, puts a little bit of a stamp on it in terms of what the uh, what the people will be looking for the next time. In terms of if things go south, you know, those th- those reasons aren't there anymore. And what are they then at that point?
1: Well, that was, or that has been Sounds of the Week on the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Uh, we have some Badgers and maybe some Brewers to get into uh, next segment here. So we'll wrap up the show. Again, you can listen to the entire show in the varsity uh, podcast feed brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison. You can listen to the varsity podcast feed with Wisconsin On Demand, and you can also listen to. The Pat Richter show and any of our other Badger content, wherever it is that you do like to listen to podcast, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcast or Wisconsin on the Man, those are just some of the options. This is the Pat Richter show on one hundred point five ESPN, the ESPN
0: app and Wisconsin on the Man varsity the best of the badgers on wisconsin on demand does jim leonard have anything i was thinking like the turnover teddy bear we're good thanks (laughs) subscribe to the varsity podcast brought to you by metro ford on wisconsin on demand and wherever you get your podcasts this is The
1: Badgers bounced back against Eastern Michigan. Yeah, the opponent wasn't great, but still, the Badgers needed a good, strong performance. They got it. The defense continued to show that it's pretty stout. The offense, I mean, passing game, nothing spectacular, but running the football, Malusi, Grando, Berger, Allen, they all got touchdowns. They all had good performances. Malusi ran for 144 yards. So the all, the old line in that run game. Uh, really handled business and gave the, the Badgers an easy win.
2: Yeah, I think certainly it uh, maybe it doesn't 100% cover up over the Penn State game, but it certainly is, gives you a little bit of hope in saying, well, there was a little bit of a, a blip and we didn't finish and close it out and, and then finish all the things we need to do. But in terms of, you know, you're still playing against people, you're straining events, making sure you got to move people and things like this, and not everybody along that defensive line on the Eastern Michigan side was going to be pushed around very easily. And I think that the, the kind of moving around in terms of different styles, I think was a very important part is making sure you can understand the the From the opponents you've got to play that they've got to deal with different kinds of players and in terms of uh the defense you see and what what the different runners can do, how they can open the up the blocks in terms of uh, open the holes and things like this, you know they just some of them are a little quicker than others, some are a little bit more powerful you know allen was kind of an interesting guy in terms of everybody was kind of waiting to see what he would do, so you got to throw him in the mix there as well so uh, but you still have to have a decent uh, passing attack no matter how many times you run they can certainly pack it in and if you still have to uh, go back and throw the ball that's another thing that you got to make sure you can do and make sure that the you know the people are right where they need to be and not uh, get into any problems and like the uh, you know expected interception things like this and I think that you know you've got to be uh, execution wise it's going to have to be a big jump shift in terms of what it was like in the Penn State game, and then much better in the Eastern Michigan, and now you've got to step it up and certainly play a team that's uh, kind of struggling as well a little bit in terms of not wanting maybe necessarily to watch the films and say, well, we you, you lucked out against uh, Toledo last weekend, and Florida State's maybe not as good as they're expected to be because... Uh, People expect them a little bit higher, but they could beat by Jacksonville State. So there's some issues there, and I think you got to make sure that the people don't read their press clippings and figure, well, this is not the Notre Dame of, of, of old, so to speak. There's a lot of emotion here with Cone and Mertz. So you don't want to get too excited and want to maybe do too much just because of the nature of the buildup and things like this. and That's probably what they have to Paul's probably trying to temper that excitement and enthusiasm because it's not a one-on-one game. It's a, it's 11-on-11, and that's the way it's got to be proceeded.
1: And now the Badgers have Notre Dame coming up. It's not this weekend. It's the following weekend. It's at Soldier Field. It's uh, a big game for the Badgers because if they can get back on track, however they win it, they beat a Notre Dame football team, which – like They didn't look great last week. They looked great against Florida State, but this Florida State lost to Jacksonville State, so really hard to nail down how good Notre Dame is, but still it's a victory against a team at a bare minimum is going to be a bowl-caliber team, so the Badgers can kind of get themselves back to their winning ways.
2: Yeah, and they're going to be ranked uh, well, the 8 or thereabouts, and I think certainly if you can pull that one off, then you kind of just um, take the Penn State game and push that aside, and you know, chalk that off to early season uh, jitters or preparation or whatever you want to say it. Because certainly anytime you beat a Notre Dame team, they're usually good, maybe hyped up a little bit more than they are expected to do, but still it's a number. And in terms of getting back into the race and thick of things, it's going to be important to make sure that you pull that one off because then you're on track to do what people thought you'd do maybe you'd be in an 11 1 and 10 2 season and they had a chance for the playoffs. But as it proved out, you've got to get that one first behind your belt because it's going to be a little bigger division than what we might have thought with uh, the way Iowa was playing and uh, things like that. So this one is going to be a building uh, stepping stone in terms of uh, getting to that next week with respect to uh, Michigan. And, and I think that certainly the, the importance of this game is not going to be lost on anybody.
1: And I think that's uh, a really fair point here. I want to move on to a little bit of Bucks news here, brought to you by Metro Kia Madison. Metro Kia Madison, sponsor of breaking news here uh, on ESPN Madison. Uh, Metro Kia Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealer. The Milwaukee Bucks have named Lisa Byington their full-time TV announcer. Uh, she's called play-by-play for the Olympics, uh, for NCAA men's basketball, uh, women's World Cup, as well as NBA games, but she is the first full-time NBA play-by-play announcer uh, who is a woman uh, in history, so congratulations to her, and I think the Bucks made a great hire. She's a fantastic play-by-play person.
2: Yeah, it's very good. Does that uh, take Jim Paskey's place then? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, well, Jim was struggling, I guess, but uh, that's uh, certainly a good move. It's progressive, and I think in terms of coming in after the uh, – championship season be a good time for an announcer to kind of get started and go off and make foot and uh, certainly she's got a big name and I think we wish her the very best.
1: I, I agree on that one and then the Brewers lost today. No real uh, implications from that except for it makes 100 wins a little bit tougher but looks like they're kind of on a collision course for that uh, second spot there.
2: Yeah, it's a little disappointing. I mean they certainly came kind of in a slump right now in terms of getting runners on base and scoring some runs. I think that uh, this kind of points up the fact that the depth is very important. You've got guys uh Adamas out, uh, Telez is out, uh, Taylor is out. and uh, You get guys like that that you kind of push through there in terms of, you know, like Yelich like, like, well, maybe needs a rest now and then. He's been slipping a little bit. And uh, I think it just gives you the flexibility to uh, to show what other guys can do on this team because I think everybody is very, very productive so far, but I think that they just have... Uh, Kind of hit a little bit of a wall here, so to speak. The one last night was had opportunities with Jelich with bases loaded and just couldn't put uh, put a runner on, uh, in on the plate, the runner. And uh, so uh, you've been through those things, but I guess we've been a little bit spoiled. And hopefully they'll be able to get back on track when they uh, start the next series.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, really at this point, it's just about getting lined up for the the playoffs here and getting themselves in a in a position where they are. Uh, you know, ready to, I guess, get off on their best foot in the playoffs. Here, it's it's curious. Not the best time to be slowing down a little bit. The Cardinals are on fire, but I think the Brewers are still in a good position heading into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, it just points up the fact that it's how important it is to get yourself out in front and get ahead. And no matter what time of the year it is, whether it's the first fifty games, or the next fifty, or then the fifty after that, uh, you get the bigger leads. You get the more luxury you have to have a little bit of slippage like this and uh, get guys healthy.
1: Well, Pat, as always, we appreciate the time.
2: Okay, Jim. Good night.
1: This has been the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man.